Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Carnamus. So I guess we're going to start with the issue. Are we going to start with the issue? <laughs> I guess we're starting with the issue. <laughs> well, I mean, we can we can have this conversation normally, the way that it's we true. normally would. Or we yeah. can talk about the fact that we angered the podcast gods in some mm-hmm. fashion, and we had kind of an audio nightmare trial you by say, fire. You say in some fashion, I know exactly what happened. And it's because I made the comment, like, it's fine. I can make it. I'll make it work. Like, I've, we've had bigger issues before. And that was before the, the, the like, actual things started i basically you know just like spat into the wind and um it you know sort of happened (laughs) so this is this is very important podcasting advice that we are about to drop on anyone who's even thinking about starting a podcast don't ever suggest that you have already dealt with audio issues because it will come for you yeah and we don't have a fun like i feel like we need some kind of fun metaphor to be like like you know magic tavern has like the technical difficulties which we don't have any we don't have that no no, it just sounds like midway through the call, we pushed Kevin down a well for no reason. <laughs> but so before we, we should have talked about who our guest was before we discussed violence against them, um, which we did not commit. Uh, our guest this week is Kevin Soretta, who was kind enough to come and talk to us uh, about martial arts, which means that, in fact, if we had needed to fight him in order to push him down a well, we would definitely have lost because neither of us have any experience in that area. No, and but the, you know, the main, I don't want to like give away the whole arc of this beautiful conversation we have, <laughs> but in many cases, violence is not the answer. Yes. And sometimes, especially in uh, in learning a thing that some might consider inherently violent yes also like look i like we all i think i think we also need to heap compliments on kevin for a being amazing yes um, just like in general but also like just this whole kind of being extremely lovely and patient with this (laughs) what became a fiasco uh but also he's just generally a very kind and great person um and an incredible performer and he's not here to refute that (laughs) so suck it kevin (laughs) yes he he definitely has a black belt in niceness for his ability to roll with the the punches and karate kicks that the podcast gods were dealing us this episode and never blaming us or getting annoyed and having to leave so i'm very grateful to the fact that he was patient with things going wrong so with that we'll just move right to the conversation (laughs) that's the sound it makes (laughs) that's the sound the conversation makes the segue Yeah. So thank you again so much for coming on, Kevin. If you want to just really quickly kind of introduce yourself and what you do and then tell us uh, your topic and then we're going to get going. Oh, sure. Great. Uh, hello. I'm Kevin Sarada. I live in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm an improviser and a writer and a performer here. Uh, my live gig is the Improvised Shakespeare Company, which performs every weekend at IO Chicago. And uh, if you have heard me on the internet, uh, it is most likely uh, through the podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern, which I'm a guest on every once in a while as the character Drip Fang. And then uh, also live shows in Chicago. Uh, I perform semi-regularly with a, a live salon called The Paper Machete, which is a wonderful show that takes place Wednesdays and Saturdays at the Green Mill in Uptown. So if you are not from Chicago, I am now the Board of Tourism for uh, for our great city. You can come, You can come see two things I'm in and then listen to another one on your phone while you're on your way. 
And oh, my topic. Yeah, no, I just I decided to go to sleep. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, the topic I wanted to talk about is martial arts, which is something I've been involved in since I was a child, since I was a little kid, uh, off and on. Uh, I am now in my uh, late 30s. I'm a 38-year-old man. And it's just been a constant uh, thing. It's been a constant presence in my life, either as somebody who's taking part in it in one uh, phase or another, or one form or another, or as somebody who is consuming it through the various evolving forms of media that it has been available on Uh from real early on, from just being a 10, 11-year-old uh, child and seeing uh, seeing in movies on uh, public TV or network TV at a gr- in New York, growing up in New York, uh, all the way up through now where there are a billion streaming sites and channels on YouTube and everything where you can go and watch and learn and experience all of it through the uh, through the actual martial arts where it's usually two people uh, deciding who's better at any given moment and then all of the uh, various movie and television forms of it. So yeah, that's um, that's what I picked out and thank you for, uh, thank you for letting me come come on here and talk about it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I have never done martial arts, but my first thought when you said that you wanted to do this was that I think myself and everyone that I know at some point at least thought they might want to do martial arts mm-hmm. and that it was probably related to something, either a movie that they had seen or a TV show. It was probably Ninja Turtles for a lot of people. <laughs> Did you have something that you watched and you were like, uh, hey guys, I need to get classes in this right away? I think, honestly, you named the thing that was the initial <laughs> <laughs> push into the deep waters of it, I think uh, Ninja Turtles was the the thing where I pointed at it and I was like, I want to do what those giant green people are doing. <laughs> uh, I, I'd always, when uh, I was very little, the first thing I, the first first love was always uh, toys and comic books. So getting a ton of comic books and I was big into G.I. Joe's, uh, G.I. Joe's and He-Men. And those are very, uh, you know, those are uh, very, uh, very brawling, combative uh, properties, IPs, as the mm-hmm. kids refer to them in these days. <laughs> you know, I always liked those and watching those. But as uh, watching G.I. Joe as a child, I was like, well, I'm not going to join the laser army because I'm a boy. I'm a small boy <laughs> and they won't let me. And as far as I know, it's. That's fake because no one named Snake Eyes is in the army in the 80s that I know of. And then for He-Man, as much as I wanted to be a someone who had a magic sword that turned me into a barbarian with a page boy cut and uh, <laughs> a giant uh, tiger that I could ride around and do battle against uh, skelet- uh, my skeleton uncle, that wasn't an option either. So when Ninja Turtles came around, and I'd always, uh, I was a, a, a sports-related child as well. I've come from a pretty, like a pretty physically capable, athletic uh, family and uh, a lot of uh, pretty physically like uh, come from a family of electricians and uh, my grandfather worked for the uh, board of education as a custodian and everybody in my family can build and can fix things and make stuff and it's just a, a very physically like a really just like physically based it sounds like we went out and like caught footballs and then punched people that's not <laughs> <laughs> that is not how we made our living but it's just a very capable family uh, of which I am on the bottom of the ladder uh, uh, of I, a long time ago was like uh, these books look fun and put no practical application toward that but uh, yeah there was a whole thing as I was growing up that my particularly my parents but my entire family wanted us to be uh, well rounded so uh, sports was one of those things you're gonna go play baseball you're gonna study an instrument yeah, it, whatever etc etc so the things that were available were little you know playing little league uh, baseball baseball was huge in my neighborhood and then uh, the other thing that everybody started bugging their parents on was karate because 
because everybody saw the Ninja Turtles and there was a boom of karate schools at the time. The phrase, have you ever heard of the phrase McDojo? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. So the, the McDojo, we were in the middle of the McDojo boom in the mid to late 80s where schools just popped up out of nowhere, everywhere, in every strip mall and in every corner, somebody was putting down some mats and a, a man with a belt and a gi on was teaching you how to kick and punch and roll and all that sort of stuff. And some of them were very reputable and and great, like the ones that I initially studied with, and some of them were straight up ripoffs. Uh, my parents were very smart in that they got me into one that was very legitimate and great and uh, a great place to start to learn. So that was how the Ninja Turtles got me into a very reputable uh, martial arts school. Yeah, it's funny. I was telling Anne, you know, when when she relayed to me what your topic was, that, like, I have no touchstone on, on this topic at all. Like, I think I saw, like, Kung Fu Hustle once, <laughs> and that was, like, the limit of my knowledge. Um, so I was, like, really excited, because I always love it when people come on with stuff that I, like, know zero about. But so, like, I'm, I'm curious, what is kind of, I mean, obviously there's a lot, because it's things made for movies or TV are completely different than what it is in real life but like what's the main sort of difference between how a lot of martial arts are shown in various pop culture outlets versus like actually practicing it and, and doing it oh great excellent question the and I will answer it to the best of my ability as as someone who I, I want to make it very clear like you are not talking to a black belt we're not talking about <laughs> to the a, the ultimate expert on martial arts I don't want anybody to hear this and go who can I swear on this I forget yes yes. alright I don't know what anybody listening to like this motherfucker is lying <laughs> uh, so I can speak from my experience I, as um, the the main difference between the presentation in popular culture and the actual physical application is that most Every school that I've been a part of, every place that I've gone to train for however long, has stressed that this is not a thing. And this was a foundation in the first school that I went to when I was 10, was that this is not a thing that you then learn to go out and start fights with people. It is a form of physical and mental development, uh, in some aspects, emotional development as well. Part of the school that I was, the first form that I went through was Shotokan Karate. And one of the things that they stressed as well was this is, we are teaching you this as a way to physically develop, but also as a last resort to protect yourself. And this is one of the things that my, that was a concern of my mother's because she thought that I was going to learn karate and then run outside and just start kicking strangers because. I was a rowdy boy as a young child and she's like he's gonna go outside and he's gonna punch a cop we're going to get in trouble and found a place that was our head sensei and the other teachers there were very specific about if we find out that you are going out and using this in the world to bully people or start fights or get into trouble you're gone you don't get to train here anymore we will we'll give your parents your money back we'll give you your money back uh, and that'll be that and that was very I think reassuring for my mom that it wasn't the movie and television version of of, uh, big strong in the 80s it was always big strong dude goes outside starts karate fights with people because he is a cop or a wandering cop or getting into sword fights in various uh, parts of Chinese and Japanese history it was a very centered thing on being an, an athletic endeavor and an athletic competition in popular culture since it's presented as entertainment and uh, a lot of that is based in conflict the thing that you are going to get is people using it against one another either to protect themselves or to gain some ground, etc., etc., uh, and it's based in stories that are older than uh, writing stories down and sharing them.
them. These were stories that were passed down orally through every culture. And that's where the dissonance comes in. A lot of uh, uh, friends of mine who are much, much more well-versed in various forms, uh, black belts in uh, Tung Su Do and uh, various belt levels in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing and Muay Thai and things like that, will get the, huh, you're a, oh, oh, okay, so... You, you do karate, huh? So you can you can beat me up. You can kick my ass. That's their version of, oh, you're a comedian? Tell me a joke. <laughs> but it's people outside trying to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> so as a comedian, I feel like I got the better end of the deal. Because I can yeah. usually just walk away from a conversation. You know, I don't want to tell a joke. Goodbye. Whereas they're like, I don't want to get into a fight. Goodbye. And if that person decides that they're not done, then they have to get into a fight. This is not to say that all my friends who study are like fighting 24-7. A lot of them are very chill, very lovely people who come into contact with people outside, literally never, unless they have been in danger. Or that'll be the people will be reluctant to engage with them at certain times because they'll find out that they do martial arts uh, or they'll be surprised. Very, very, just very calm, very chill people, very, you know, very nice to be around. And you'll find out like, oh, such and such is a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or a brown belt in something. And a stranger will often be like, oh my God, but you're so calm and you're so nice. And they'll have to do well, well. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to school to come out and then just headbutt a stranger. I'm. <laughs> I'm going there because this is what I like to do. This is this is this is what I like to do with my life. So it's odd because it popular culture literally in the term popularizes the things that people want to study. But then when you go to study that thing, you are you, you kind of have to get reprogrammed. Hey friends, it's Emily. So there's no good way to naturally transition into this, but as we mentioned in the intro, this is the section where we lost some audio, unfortunately. You can just kind of imagine the really good, compelling conversation that we had. Uh, Anne made a very great joke that made everyone laugh, and it truly saddens my heart that you won't get to hear it. From here on out, we had to record directly off of the Skype call, so if you hear a little echo, it's because I couldn't separate the two audio tracks, so I'm, I'm very sorry about that. I hope it is still an enjoyable conversation for you to listen to, regardless of the issues that it has. And if you have a moment and would like to uh, light a votive candle to the podcast wyverns that terrorize our village to prevent this curse from happening again, we would both greatly appreciate it. But uh, other than that, I'll let you guys get back to the conversation. We were trying to decide the best way to move forward if we, like, acknowledge the fact that we just lost some audio or not. Um, I think we probably have to because, I, don't, you know, honestly, like, and I think we've we've wondered about this and how to handle it if we ever lost something before. And I think it'd probably be kind of artificial to, like, say to people, okay, now say what you just said. <laughs> say it again. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Have all those organic moments <laughs> again and it'll be great and it'll be perfect. And say it exactly the way you just uh, you said it. <laughs> Just take it again. No problem. It's totally natural. Yeah, so I guess we just sort of move into whatever thoughts we were having as a result of the conversation that no one will hear but us, our secret yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was wondering, since you were talking, I think during the part that we lost, that you had been in and out uh, either due to budget or to time or interest or whatever over time with martial arts. What made you come back? Like, what do you think it is that you get out of the experience? Like, is there is there one particular factor that 
that uh, is the most appealing to you or that you find the most fulfilling? Yeah, uh, it is. It's we were talking briefly in the in the part of the audio that has since been sacrificed to the void about the similarities that it has to the artistic things that we are familiar with, uh, the mm-hmm. elements of acting and improvisation and such that uh, rely on trust. And um, through the term that you used of uh, intentionally antagonistic engagement uh, and how you learn like trust and respect through there, which I thought was really great. I wanted to make sure that was reinserted into what has not been sacrificed to the great darkness that <laughs> takes away audio. Uh, <laughs> the the whole thing with martial arts is that it's so physical and so concentrated mm-hmm. that it is a completely different form of mental acuity of mental concentration and the things that i do uh for a living are very verbal and very intellectual and the brain is engaged in that area 24 7 the entire time you actually for me 24 7 uh in sometimes i'm on jobs where i'm thinking about something or working on something if i'm not working on it i'm thinking about it constantly if i'm not thinking about it constantly i'm trying to actually get it done and all of it has to do with ideas and focus and trying to get these ideas across and martial arts while there is there's absolutely when engaged in competition there is the strategy of it and there is the intellectual engagement of trying to figure out how to best uh, deal with your opponent and manipulate your opponent protect yourself from the opponent in the training of it it is something that I focus almost solely 100% physically on that I don't I don't turn off my brain but I put it in a different setting where I am trying to achieve the best understanding of of what I'm trying to do at the time. Uh, and that's something I've been working on lately a lot. Uh, uh, the particular aspect uh, of getting out of my head, giving myself an active break from the skill set that I use in improv and everything else, it's different from just sitting down and watching television. It's different yeah. from sitting down and reading a book. I can get way more lost in a book than I can in television or movies. Uh, television and movies, there's always a active engagement for me of how is this thing getting done? How are they doing it? Where did they get this idea so on and so forth and if i'm going to be completely honest there's always like a real judgmental element to where i watch some things where i'm like (laughs) i don't want to fucking be watching this right now which is i get the active break in martial arts is that i get to go someplace for an hour be completely inexpert in it and be completely devoted to learning a new thing where it is expressed physically and also it's the thing that i watch to decompress when i watch movies or television even the stuff that i'm enjoying i'm still kind of trying to see the wires try to see how the magician pulled off the trick when i watch mma or i watch uh brazilian jiu-jitsu or amateur or professional wrestling i'm not i'm trying to see how they did it but i am not actively trying to figure out how did they do this how did they do this with professional with professional wrestling yes i'm trying to figure out how they set themselves up for these particular spots and these particular uh moments and uh how they're putting things together to if you're watching something that has a storyline to it to pay off you know these long feuds between people but i'm much more able to watch it as an athletic competition than I am as between two people who don't like each other Mm -hmm. rather than I am trying to figure out how somebody put a story together in a writer's room or sat down and wrote a screenplay and such and so forth. I have that too with uh, non-fighting but with basketball as well. I'm able to watch it and just either enjoy it or be affected by it without having the how did they do it aspect Mm -hmm. to it. Well I can imagine it's it's difficult to attempt to overthink something especially in, in the moment for it's like if I think about this too much, I will get, you know, kicked in an uncomfortable way or something. Like, it really is reactionary, mm-hmm. I, w- I would think. And I can imagine there's not a lot of time to really sit down and pick those things apart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. If you're 
thinking about it, you are you're already behind. And the best people at their highest are working from a place where they have trained so strictly and so religiously that it's already they're they're activating muscle memory and they're activating things where it's going way faster than we could quantify. Uh, and for me, the great reminder is that I'm thinking about this too much. Oh, I, I just got punched in the face very lightly, <laughs> very lightly, and usually because I'm not paying attention. But I have now received someone's fist joining my nose and it's on my hand so we all have to figure out how that happened <laughs> yeah I, i'm wondering does the need to sort of really be in that moment and reactionary has that like uh, affected how you view either performing or any other parts of like kind of like daily life has that mindset um crept in anyway yes for sure absolutely in performance it's a reminder to remain in the moment to not try to plan your next move to have a uh universal awareness of how the show is going specifically for improvised Shakespeare since we perform a show that is very very character driven but has a definite plot element and not to get so wrapped up in the plot that you're missing everything to see the forest for the trees to stay engaged with your partner to remain active in the listening to know that these moments really matter I play best when I'm reacting to what is directly in front of me in daily life it has done a great job of raising my awareness of my surroundings I'm not not someone who kind of wanders out into the world. I'm normally, when I'm out, I'm engaged. I am in, for lack of a better term, danger mode. What's going on? <laughs> Who's that person? Where are we? And sometimes... Uh, a lot of that can get bound up in the you know the thought process of the everyday, the things that we get really invested in. Uh, if I'm trying to work through a problem for work or what have you, can kind of get into that mode where I'm not paying attention. But it made me more aware of the world as far as what is going around, since I have some physical acuity for how to protect myself if I fall down, protect myself if I am attacked, to be able to, be able to recognize the sharpening of a fight or flight, to rec recognize when it's like, this is something that we should engage in, this is something we should all get the fuck away from. And that's been a boon as well to uh, to the positive aspects of being outside. Because I know I just painted an outside world that is constantly trying to kill you. <laughs> and I don't want people to think I live in Jurassic Park, because I don't. I, <laughs> I live in Chicago. I live in the I live in the same this reality that we're all in. And it has helped me be more in tune with the really positive things as well. Because when you're looking around for the things that might interfere with your day severely or minorly, it's not that far off to look around at the things that are going to uh, make you more appreciative of the place you live, the people you're around, the things you get to do. Uh, I mean, Chicago, Chicago is generally trying to kill you, but it's usually the weather, which I don't think you can punch in the face. Um, <laughs> exactly. I would have to find some manner of storm god and <laughs> face them directly. But yeah, I can't punch wind. To delve into the Chicago weather conversation, though, it is a factor <laughs> where you go, what the fuck am I doing here? It is winter 10 goddamn months out of the year. And... It's April and it's 60. Just kidding. It's 20. It's 70. Hey, relax, idiot. It's four. <laughs> and the first place that I ever lived where the temperature was one, all degree, which is the most <laughs> insulting temperature the world can give you. It's a, we're going to give here's a degree. You don't even get the nobility of zero <laughs> or sub zero. Ah, here's one, stupid. Go to work. <laughs> you get so, like, fucking what? I have to go to a place where, uh, as my friend Christy says, the air isn't trying to kill me. But the resiliency that I 
get through pursuits like this. The things where you go, okay, you take a break, you go indoors, you take off the nine layers of everything, like the spacesuit that you have to wear to go outside in Chicago. You go in and you work on something that gets you out of that space where you're focused on it, gets you out of, gets things moving around in your brain, moving endorphins and such and, and so forth, that you're able to deal with it, that you can go back into the cold, that you can get from one place to another and you can, as we were saying kind of before, like level set, like remember, like, okay, I live, uh, the, okay, it's cold out, but these are all the things. This is the place where people that I love live and where I have a, it, this is a place where my girlfriend and my dog are and I love them very much and I do things that I really enjoy and I'm going to leave this class and go see both of them because we figured out all the bars near us that let you have your dog inside. And then, then after that, you're going to get up and you're going to go work tomorrow and everything's going to be fine. The, the climate of this place is definitely always going to be a thing that you have to deal with and that's one of the things that always helps me deal with it as well. Again, and I grew up back east. I grew up in New York. I went to school in upstate New York and it's a college upstate New York. So I thought I was used to, I was like, I got a cold. I'm all right. Been in blizzards. I've been driven through huge, like massive storms. I know how to deal with it. And I got here and it was Midwest cold. Uh, boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I was really like, I was, uh, oh, I wasn't ready. <laughs> well over a decade now. And I'm like, still like, God damn it. <laughs> it's also, I've, I've been having, and I don't know where this slots in, but I've been having this thought tumbling around in my head of like, there's something really freeing about being bad at something and and not only just like being able to improve on that but i think and maybe this is because i'm an artist and so and unfortunately the push of being an artist is you have to monetize everything you do yep um there's there's something very freeing about going somewhere and being in an environment where you're like oh i suck at this yes and i could get better but there is no i suck at this to a level that there's no possible way i could attempt yep. to do like anything <laughs> with money with this and that's the best thing in the world <laughs> absolutely absolutely correct to have that freedom there's no way i could possibly monetize this thing i am yeah. doing it because i it is fun and i suck <laughs> yes yes absolutely it was really I, you, that is so true going in there this first class back that i did having that not slow very very fast realization of how bad i was was so feeling like i suck this is really bad I'm really, I have to be very careful with how I do this, uh, was such a relief. Whereas before years, I think if I was even early thirties, if I sucked that bad at something, I'd never do it. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm never doing it again. And now just further along in life and, uh, and learning things and boy, howdy is therapy a great thing. You get to a point where you can suck at something and realize it's not the end of the world. It's beautiful. It's really, and that you can do this just for the, the love of the game to do it. So, and then I'm going to put a pin in this because I just got the warning again. So I'm going to stop my recording. Yeah. So it did the same thing. It did the same exact thing. So we're going to have to rely on your backup if that's cool. Oh, it's okay. Well, okay, great. It's totally great, great, fine. Great. All right. It it's, did be it's almost like random internet software is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. This free thing isn't doing exactly what I want it to do. <laughs> well, at least somebody in Ukraine has my social security number now. This is this is going to be uh, the the follow up to this episode is going to be you have to fly to the Ukraine and like uh, use martial arts arts to fight some guy. <laughs> Yeah, we have this whole conversation about how this isn't for, like, you know, physical altercations, but in this situation... Kevin had to go to Ukraine and fight someone because it turned his checking account into Bitcoin. He did not want that. He doesn't do crypto. And now this is a prestige podcast. <laughs>
And if you have... Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess uh, off of what we were just goofing, having lost you again briefly, um, we talked before about the ways that people had a weird conception of martial arts from watching media from movies or, or TV or whatever. Have you seen anything that now in hindsight, you're like, oh man, actually, I think that that got maybe not all of the details right, but some of the concepts right or that conveys it in a way that that is something that I would share with other people? Yeah, yes. I think the way that things are covered now and how exposed we are to the artistic process of how these things get put together, mm-hmm. that you can more easily, you can pair the art with the artist with what they were trying to do. So you yeah. can find out that, I'm going to try to use Jackie Chan as a as an example here. Mm-hmm. And that is going to sound ridiculous because the things he, should, he does, nobody should do. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't jump forth stories down a glass sculpture with no padding at the bottom because you're a stunt man <laughs> but at his most ludicrous of stunts he's my favorite he's i love him so much but you get to if you do some research you get not even some research if you do any of the behind the scenes stuff you can find out how people learned what they learned where the basis is and they give very easy access into the styles that got them involved and the things that they do to get them to the point where then they can present that as fiction off the top of my head there's a jet it's not even my favorite but there's a Jet Li movie called fearless where his fighter begins his career it becomes very violent he he loses his way kind of becomes too involved with the with a really anger driven sort of violent mindset for him uh steps away from it kind of reasserts finds himself again and then because it's a movie he has to go back and fight one more time uh does so but then you find out that his character the person that it's based on founded these these martial arts clubs and these schools where people could go and learn kung fu i thought that was a good example of what could get you into something and how you could start to study and how it can kind of get away and you know how it can get away from you but where the central thing that he's trying to protect is this thing that's important to him and important to the people around him and important to the place that he lives how it is a it's a cultural touchstone it's not just a thing that people learn so that they can hurt one another or do any physical damage to one another that is and that's something that i watched years ago and again wasn't it's not my it's not at the top of any of my lists but i thought that was a good that that was a good look at someone who can start benevolently at something like that and then get reintroduced with all the things that connected him and the other and the other people around him that isn't uh that isn't necessarily go out punch kick choke i think it's tough a lot with a lot of that pop culture stuff with a lot of the the way that things are presented it's almost always going to focus specifically on protection or revenge by using it as a means to an end as opposed to a way of life as a thing that can help you get through your day-to-day there's no martial arts movies about somebody who goes and learns how to become a black belt in something and then for two hours goes to work raises a family and doesn't get into a fight with anybody <laughs> and to reference Jet Li Jet Li is an amazing martial artist he is very vocal or was very vocal about the fact that he's never been in a real fist fight which years ago he was on the tonight show and it might even be like jay leno like you've never been in a fist fight i won't try to do a jay leno impersonation uh <laughs> you've never been in a fist fight that's crazy and his reaction was well you're kind of crazy for thinking that i should just go around fucking fighting people all the time <laughs> he was much more diplomatic than that but his face yeah, registered sure. like what about me makes you think that i was just like karate cool kung fu great <laughs> 
great. <laughs> whap, whap, whap. Like, no, this is my job. I learned how to do this, and now this is my job, which I which I think is, it's it's going to be hard to find in, for me, anyway, I can't think of anything, like, purely off the top of my head that shows you that it's a thing that helps you get through life. There's enough out there now that you can start to learn about the people who have done it at such a high level. And, yeah. again, for the most part, people who are doing it as a job that are pretty chill, pretty cool. Yeah, well, and there's something to be said about the fact, like, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn this skill with the intent of never really using it yeah. in any practical application whatsoever. <laughs> Which is another uh, another benefit of aging, too, is that I'm at an age where if, I, if I'm on the street fighting with people, it's patently fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a 38-year-old man. If you see anybody above the age of 25 in a fist fight, you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> whoever he's fighting it clearly just tried to take something from him in a rugged 20s uh, for people of my demographic and becoming a quote-unquote adult in the aughts. You're I, you're around people in your twenty and well and also I, I worked in Wrigleyville at the time in Chicago where it was pretty regular that people would dump out of bars at one thirty two o'clock in the morning three o'clock on Saturday and they would just start fighting each other and you know if you're lucky you're not one of those people like excuse me I'd like to get a slice of pizza before I go home <laughs> uh it's rowdy and it's stupid and it's dumb to use almost three of the same words uh except for rowdy <laughs> which can be fun but there's a certain like oh well you're young and you're an idiot. That's, I don't like that as an excuse, but that's an excuse that we give ourselves and other people give us. Like, what are you going to do? He's young or she's young or whatever. Like, well, don't fucking fist fight people. As I'm now to an age where not only would I be ashamed of myself, but everybody would be ashamed of me. <laughs> uh, there's even more of an onus on go to Learn it to do it to make yourself better, even if there's no practical application for it. And there's things, you, you know, you can be interested. Like, you, know, you do woodworking. There's tons of practical applications for that. Uh, and the practical application for martial arts is not to go out and practically fight someone, but the practical application of feeling better, feeling more secure in yourself. And it's a great way to... The brochure say, great way to get in shape, make friends, the whole thing. They're right. It's a great way to get in shape and build a community. And those are practical things that make your make your life better. The practical application of knowing that you uh, have something to do, that you have something to work on, and you have people around you that will, uh, that will help you. And leaving class is often when I feel the best because I've devoted a bunch of energy to one thing to try to get really good at it. I've turned my brain from one mode to another for approximately an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. And I leave feeling really great and too tired to do anything else. <laughs> too tired to get in trouble, you know, keeps me up at, at my, at my uh, young and churlish age. It's the accomplished tired. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the earned tired. Yeah, it's honestly kind of it's weird not- that everybody thinks that, uh, you know, if you do martial arts that you're going to go out and get in fights with people because, like you, you suggested, getting into woodworking. I mean, you don't go over to somebody's house and say, did you build this chair? And they say no. And you're like, well, what's the point then? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you build all your own furniture? I thought you were taking a class where you were built, learning upholstery. None of the You didn't. You're a fraud. And see, now I'm just thinking, like, is there is my time running out to acceptably get into a fist fight with somebody? <laughs> we'll judge the acceptable fist fight window. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a clock, and now I have to, like, am I missing something in life? Uh, yeah, no. For, I, I'll say this. No. <laughs> not. And, oh, good. well, Kevin went on Guilty Treasures. He told everybody that get, get in fist fights if you can. 
if you take anything away from this, folks, don't fist fight. But that's the part of, I don't know, it's part of like a weird cultural landscape of like growing up where you look at people and you're like, and they're fighting. And you're like, well, that's just the way things are. Let's get to a point where none of that happens. Where none of this, you're never in danger of going somewhere, trying to have a nice time. And somebody decides, well, it's 12.45, time to punch, which is something, I, I, honestly, like, live, not, I lived around there. I lived in Boys Town, which is just east of Wrigleyville. So my walk home was from the old, uh, improv, formerly Improv Olympic, now I am, from the old theater over to my apartment was a straight line down Addison. And it was years for me to realize, like, that's not how people should live at all. Because it was something I knew and then lived over there and just got used to it and then moved further north and was like, oh my God, it's quiet and none of us are fighting. Well, this is much better. <laughs> <laughs> and it really makes me sound like a very dumb person. And I was, and I still am. <laughs> I, do, I do like the mental image of you just walking like this punch gauntlet every night and not really thinking about maybe going a different way. <laughs> it wasn't. It was ubiquitous. I was so sick of it. That's why I moved. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, no matter where you went, you're like, guys, why are we rolling around on the ground? You were friends when you showed up here. It's like a real brawly time. And yeah, look, that I was like, nope, well, that's my way home. So you, you did actually have like a kind of martial arts movie backstory of you know some guy who doesn't want to fight people but keeps every bar he goes to there's like dudes descending from the ceiling and chairs flying and stuff just because he's there <laughs> yep exactly that just he shows up and then it's just brawl city there's a move there's a there's a movie that i grew up with called the last dragon uh, it was a very gordy production uh if you get to watch it i highly 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 encourage that you watch this movie it is one of my favorites uh i haven't watched it in a, I, i'm now mad at myself thinking about it because i haven't watched it in a couple of years but this now that I'm thinking about it, uh, we were talking about how Ninja Turtles kind of helped me get into interest in this. This movie absolutely also did as well. The main character is a guy like that. He just wants to learn how to do Kung Fu to learn how to do Kung Fu. And there's a great scene in a movie theater where this huge brawl breaks out and he just gets, he walks on the back of the chairs very, very calmly out of the movie theater. And <laughs> the best at fighting of anybody in that room, but he's just, he's just, excuse me, I'm going to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that scene because you could just jump up and be like fuck yeah here we go and start wrecking shop but instead he just decides oh no thank you I would like to leave now and very, very stoically leaves the room well and there's something very poetic about the idea of like you're going to learn a, a fighting technique of some sort but basically what you're learning is when not to engage yep. which is a very very valuable skill yeah. yes a hundred percent that is such a valuable I, speaking again of practical application the practical application of, of going oh no thanks yeah. oh, this is not this has never been worth it goodbye and knowing when you oh well now we have to and those situations mm -hmm. I mean knock wood or whatever you have to do always we want them to be non-existent but the knowing that you can look at a situation and decide we're good and walk away even when it's heated that prevention even to the point of some like necessarily like to calm a situation down like we we don't have to do this nothing is important on the line we can all just get out of here and go home uh if it comes to that and have it being the last of last resorts is uh is a great thing to be taught and then to be reminded and with good schools that i've gone to there's always an element of that as well the best 
places that I've been have always been very like, we're here to teach you all these things that would be beneficial to your health and your well-being. And under no circumstances, is this the time for you? And also to to stress that you will be able to assess situations where you know when you are in danger and when you aren't. And one of the things that made me laugh very hard was being so comic book oriented and growing up and, and even now still texting Carissa when I left my class and going, I'm done. I did it. And her asking how to go. I was like, it was great. And I was horrible. And she wrote me back. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Which made me laugh so hard. And I wrote her back. And uh, you know, I, we were on the way to meet one another for dinner. And I wrote her back. I was like, why? Oh, my God. What did you think was going to happen? She's like, I don't want you to get any ideas. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you go there and you discover you're the one. <laughs> Like, oh my god I've been this good the whole time and the next thing you know you're buying like a mask and a cape you're, the, you're what the city needs like I don't need you know I don't have we don't have time for that <laughs> now, honestly I was also relieved because I, I I don't want to try to fit that into my schedule no ongoing fantasies of still being a Ninja Turtle at this late date <laughs> maybe not the teenage part <laughs> like... no right right yeah the, uh, <laughs> the entering middle age Ninja Turtle yeah I'm, uh, I'm way more of the splinter demographic than anything else now and I'm honestly there's there's comfortable robes you still get to eat pizza you live in a fun sewer apartment everything about it is great all the ben- all the benefits none of the fighting <laughs> exactly so. you've outsourced that you've you've transitioned into a management position yes <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Anne, do you want to, if you have a, a thought to wrap yeah. up on. Um... Um, yeah, I mean, normally what we do is we have we have somebody pitch. I think I think you kind of have done that already. Although I guess we could we could frame this in terms of you are now uh, martial arts management level, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how do you how do you want to pitch um, martial arts to the kids who would be or teens or whatever young younger people who do want to be Ninja Turtles? Like, how, how do you sell them on this as an idea? What do you think the most important thing they should know going in is? Okay, uh, I'll pitch this to the teens. So, hi, teens. Uh, it's it's your boy, uh, Kevin. I'm dabbing and flossing as we speak. Uh, <laughs> put down the Fortnites and get get out there and into your martial classes. What do you do? Here's how I would actually pitch it, so that I don't don't I, I every time somebody says teen, I say Fortnite, and everybody's mad. <laughs> and everybody's mad at me. Everybody's like, get a teen joke, and I refuse. Uh, I also like that that I am now in martial arts management position because that will mean I have been promoted so that I get out of everybody's way. <laughs> that, that you go further up the ladder, so just get him the fuck out of here so he doesn't mess anything up. Just give him a piece of paper he can mark stuff down on. For everybody, honestly, whether as much as this sounds like a brochure, I can't help it. For every age. It is never too early and it's never too late. The thing that I would tell real young people, the children to teenagers, is uh, if you're interested in, do it. It's great. You can make really great friends. You, uh, you develop a skill. You get to do this thing that gives you all sorts of gifts and is honestly very fun. The thing that was the the hook of it always, and when I started when I was real little, is that it was a ball. I loved it. I loved doing it. Uh, if you are old, if you're in your 20s, 30s, if you're like me, uh, childless, uh, just godless, childless drain on the economy, such as myself, it's never too late to get started. A lot of things that I would get in my way too. If I, I can't go back, even when I was way young, like 10 years ago, 28, like, oh, I can't go back. It's too late. Years ago, I had this thing where if you didn't start young enough, you were never going to get as good as you should be. You have to start everything immediately. Uh, I played music when I was, and I was pretty involved heavily in music when I was a child. And I was a lot around a lot of children who were straight up prodigies just by reason of proximity. I was 
wasn't grouped into those groups, but I was around a lot that started at three three or four and when i started way later at like eight or nine i was i'm five years behind these children that can already play these huge works from memory and that kind of got lodged in my head of like well you have to start early or you can't start at all and that's utter horseshit that is utter horseshit if you're ever interested in everything it is never too late you can start now you can start tomorrow you can start whenever you want and study it so that you get everything out of it that you need it's again i have the same feelings for it as an adult as i did for a child and that it's it's a joy. It's really enjoyable and really fun. And I like being able to go someplace and learn something new every time I go there. Even if I'm going over things that I've already done, I'm learning something new when I do that. And if you're the parent of a child, your child, if they are interested in martial arts, do not want to become a criminal. They do not want to become a <laughs> gang member. They do not want to become a supervillain, nor do they want to become a superhero. They might want to become a superhero. They might see something on TV and go, I want to be able to do what Captain America does. But that does not mean they are then going to don the cape and cowl and devote themselves to a life of fighting injustice in a physical form. That just means they want to go somewhere and try it. And don't, the kids are more resilient than you think. They're not going to get hurt. A lot of them is another form too. Is my mother was also like, someone's going to beat up our child, which I wasn't. I didn't get, I never, I didn't get beat up in karate class. Um, other places were, <laughs> were the problem, but they're going, you're, the right school is easy to find and you can take them in there and uh, watch them discover something that they really love. Yeah. So that's, that's my pitch. It's good. It's good for everybody. You can start if you're 10 years older than me, 20 years older than me, 10 years younger than me, 20 years younger than me, whatever it is. I would really, it's, it's really good. Great. Thank you so much yeah, for <laughs> coming on and and dealing with all of the audio issues. <laughs> and the um, it was a really great conversation, and I'm so glad that you took the time to share this because this is incredible. For I think I can speak for both of us that this is yeah. amazing. Thank you, thank you for this conversation, and thank you for putting up with all my audio pieces as well, and just having to you know download things and crashes and the whole nine yards. It's been a really fun, really great conversation. I'm I'm super glad that you guys asked me. So Thank you, thank you very, very much. We'll just say in post that you had to go fight somebody or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, oh, yeah, yeah. My five o'clock is going to be here and we're going to fight in the parking lot outside the Aldi near my house. <laughs> Do you have any anything you want to plug, whether it's social media or shows or anything at all? Um, this is your space, so go for it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, if you're in town April 20th, I will be performing at Paper Machete uh, at the Green Mill, uh, three o'clock Saturday. It is uh, free to attend and it is great. It's a lot of the funniest and smartest and best thinkers in the city of Chicago gathered in uh, the saloon that Al Capone would frequent. He doesn't go there anymore, but it's, that's how long it's been around, and it's a great place run by a wonderful man named Christopher Pyatt. So I'll be there on the, on 420, blaze it, and um, I will not be high. And then uh, every week, uh, most every week, I am uh, performing in the Improvised Shakespeare Company at IO Theater, uh, Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday nights. Uh, that's where you can catch previous guest Matt Young as well who is a great and dangerous man in his own right and we're all, we're always there like I said Thursday Friday and uh, and Saturday and then also I'm on Maddie's uh, podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern the season finale just dropped and it was so much fun to be a part of and I recommend that you listen to his podcast as well so now he owes me money for plugging <laughs> his podcast <laughs> dum, dum, got you again really glad that our podcast is being used for just <laughs> continual vendettas it's a, it's a good application of it I, yeah my whole this whole podcast has been me engaging in contradictory uh rhetoric where i talk <laughs> and then exact vengeance <laughs> 
thank you so much again. Um, yeah, thank you. Was, this was great. Yeah. My yeah. utter pleasure. So actually, even if you built a hot tub time machine to go back to 420 to attend the show Kevin was just talking about, he was actually not in it, just to further our bad luck for this episode. However, he will be appearing with Paper Machete in the month of May. He's afraid that if we give the date to you, he will further engage the podcast Wyvern, so just attend as many shows as you're able. I really like this establishment of podcast Wyvern <laughs> that we keep at bay. That's to uh, from terrorizing our tiny podcast village. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Also, email us with suggestions on who I should fist fight in the next six months because apparently there's a deadline and I didn't know it existed until just now. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice and if you like the show tell a friend about it or spend 20 years training to be the ultimate master of not getting into fights in the first place until next time let the dragon in your heart be happy (laughs) 